Thanks for listening to the CISO Diaries podcast. We're Leah. And I'm Sia. And we started this podcast with the intent to give CISOs and cybersecurity professionals a place to be their authentic selves. These are the unedited stories told of how they got into cybersecurity, their real struggles that they persevered through, their personal anecdotes that make them tick, and the leadership advice based on their own experiences. And we want to especially spotlight those that are contributing and giving back to the community apart from their day jobs. This podcast is for everyone, especially if you're a leader or someone aspiring to leadership. Who knows? You may find yourself working with these awesome leaders. So join us on your favorite podcast player. And please don't forget to subscribe, follow, like, and comment and engage in the conversation. And now let's get to know our CISO on our latest diary entry. Oh, yeah. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to another episode of the CISO Diaries podcast. Just a quick shout out to our sponsor today, Cyber Future Foundation. They're a nonprofit of thinkers and doers focused on a number of cyber initiatives to make our world safer and more trusted. I am Leah, and I'm here with my co-host, Sia. Hello, hello. And we are super, super happy to have with us our guest here in our office or studio safely, George Finney. How's it going, George? It's going so well. Thank you for having me today. Of course. And we're so glad that you can be here with us, too. So George Finney, for you, any of you who don't know him, he is the CISO at Southern Methodist University, SMU, the author of Well Aware and other books and blogs and articles, and much, much more. George, just to kind of take us back far first, tell us about how you got into cybersecurity, because it was a almost a bit of an accent, maybe? It is a little bit of a journey. So I, I was a liberal arts major in college, which means that I mostly studied philosophy and literature. And I really wanted to be a stockbroker when I was in college. Uh, I actually went to Wall Street and I you know, I interviewed and realized that's probably not a good idea, not a great fit for my personality. So a- after college, I ended up getting a job at GTE. Uh, for those of you who uh, aren't old enough to know what GTE is, uh, that the, the Verizon used to be GTE uh, back in the day. S- started there and that's where really I started my, my journey through uh, technology and you know, security just kind of came as a natural part of it, right? You know, learning networking, uh, you know, you had to start understanding how firewalls worked, how access control lists uh, worked. And from there, I, I jumped over to a startup. So, you know, switched gears from, from networking to uh, system administration. But I, I was fortunate to, to kind of have inherited a, a an environment that was already locked down. So I taught myself uh, security by you know studying how the previous admin had had hardened all of our servers and 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 from there it it just kind of uh, ballooned out of control. I you know, I went to law school again you know thinking about security and and how uh, contracts and policy and 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 compliance and regulations all kind of work together. Uh, but yeah, you know had no idea you know back in the nineties that that I was gonna. Uh, pursue a career in in security and oh my gosh i mean it's been such a rewarding career to 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 be here now well i got to tell you i'm like i i did some cyber stalking as i'm prone to do and it's funny because it's an on running joke for every single episode when you're dealing with the cybersecurity world especially when you're in leadership there's that fine balance between being found and discovered and having privacy <laughs> and uh george privacy. i got to tell you because you're an author you do put yourself out there do you ever find that challenge between that fine line then? 
I, I did, and it, it, it's been a process. So when I when I published my first book uh, back in 2015, it's called No More Magic Wands. Uh, you know, the idea was. Um, you know, in security, we we kind of get expected to to wave our magic wand and and have all of our problems disappear. Uh, so you know, I, I published it, I self published it on on Amazon, and you know, I, I started doing talks, and and that was some of the feedback that I got is, hey, we loved your talk, uh, but we you know we we Googled you, we tried to find you, and uh, you know, it was it was a pain to 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 really get in touch. My my LinkedIn was locked down, so you could only talk to me if you had my email in advance. And the only people that had my email in advance were were salespeople that had uh, found their uh, that email on on their mailing lists, which you know wasn't really connecting me with my audience. So so yeah, I, I've, I've on purpose kind of ex- expanded that and and been more open. And and really, I, I think the 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 balance that I found is is, is really. I just got to put in the effort to to vet new connections to to figure out whether you know the people are connecting with me are are, are real human beings whether they're you know stalkers or cyber criminals like Sia um, <laughs> uh, or, you know not not saying you know which one of those you are um, it's a mystery uh, but, <laughs> uh, but but you know I, I I think you know for the most part you know the, the the folks that are connecting with you it's it's really easy to tell uh, whether they they just want to follow you whether they're a salesperson and they're just going to immediately inundate you with. Uh, you know, a, a pitch or whether they, they really want to, uh, to connect to, to, to find out more about who you are. You, yeah, you touched on something there and it, and it was very much and also just from knowing you and reading your books, but people is a big part of it for you. And where you, I think you've said we have to see people as part of the solution. Talk a little bit more about that too, but then where also, what actually led you to writing well aware? And I think those of us, and I've heard others I talk to who have read it, we have gotten taken away from it that it does help us learn about or not learn, but help us as we're evolving ourselves to become a better leader just by the principles and that you walk through in this book. But what, why did you choose to write this one? What was going on at the time? Yeah, so a little ironic that that I'm 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 so you know focused on people because when you write a book, right, you you have to go into a cave and isolate yourself from other human beings for you know an excessive amount of time, uh, you know. So uh, that that's you know something I'm I'm kind of acutely aware of, you know, given my wife, you know, constantly is like, you're you're taking another weekend to <laughs> to do what? Like, oh, okay. So no, I I was inspired to write the book. There are a lot of books on security out there. Generally speaking, uh, you know, not to overgeneralize, but a lot of them are focused on really technical uh, issues. Uh, they're they're focused on compliance, or you know, maybe they're a memoir. Um, and, and you know, all those are great. But you know, what I wanted to do was was really build, build a bridge with non-security folks, right? So to make a difference in security, uh, you know, it, it's really going to take CEOs or CFOs or, or other folks that you know you don't necessarily think of traditionally as as security folks but really we we rely on them to 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 be successful in in our cybersecurity programs the, those business leaders whoever they are they're making decisions every day and and we can't be there to to look over their shoulders uh 24/7 right and and so we know that that all of those folks throughout their careers to get to where they are 
have read some sort of professional development book, whether it's Stephen Covey's Seven Habits or uh, Good to Great or What Got You Here Won't Get You There. So I, I really set out to, to write a book um, that that would resonate with those folks that that would be like those other professional development books that that that, that have come out. I, I I particularly love like uh, Malcolm Gladwell's books. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so uh, you know I I wrote the book uh, well aware to focus on habits, but I wanted to tell other people's stories. Right? It, it, it sh- I didn't want it to be you know the George Finney you know, memoir. Um, and, and so so it, it, you know it took a long time to write in part because. I, 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 I talked to so many different people. Um, I, you know, did lots of, lots of interviews with, uh, not just security folks, but other business leaders to, to, to really hear their stories and how, um, they went about helping build those security programs. And, and I wanted to use them as, uh, as examples of how other leaders could, could kind of emulate those, those, those successful behaviors. Um, and, and that's how every business book is written. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so, you know, as, as a model, um, you know, I, I hope well aware, you know, can, can connect with, uh, with the business community. And, and you know, I, I guess, you know, in, in part, I, I'm, I'm, I was super honored, uh, when, uh, a business, uh, a podcast, uh, and, and magazine, uh, uh, business class news recognized the book as, as, as book of the year last year, because that meant that, I was successful with my goal, right? I connected with business leaders. I, I, I built that bridge. And I think we can continue to use that as CISOs to help kind of, you know, demystify security, um, but also to, to help our, our business leaders build better security habits and, and not just, you know, kind of, you know, do the next security thing. Like, okay, I got to, I got to put a pin on my phone and I got to do the two factor thing. And all oh, these security guys are beating me up. Um, and instead we, we want to help empo- empower them to make security just a natural part of, of, of what they do every day. Oh my gosh. Preach into the choir, my friend, preach into the choir. I am so, I cannot, and, and I, I am so excited that you've done this because it's such a great angle. We've seen this countless of times in our interviews with other CISOs is the fact that there is a uh, credibility or respect challenge, I think, with that title that I think it, the C-suite is finally starting to truly embrace. If you were to, and this is the only political comment I'll make, if you were to listen to any political leader talk about security or technology in general, it's beyond frightening. And the fact that Well Aware is bridging that gap such that people that aren't technical can at least comfortably discuss the the higher 100,000 foot view and get at least where it all sits and fits without sounding like, for lack of a better term, an ignoramus. <laughs> I, I'm like preaching to the choir. And yeah, no, I said it. I can't tell you how many times when I hear people that are not technical thinking they can stump the chump or whatever you want to call it. And you're like, first off, you have to get the terminology correct. But that being said, do you see a shift, though? I mean, now that you, the CISO title, to me at least, what I've seen the last 15, 20 years, it's really grown in prominence. Are you seeing a shift where C-suite is embracing C, uh, the security CISO leadership more? You know, I, I think the, the, the boards that, that, that I've talked to uh, definitely are asking so much better questions today. They're, they're, they're so much more supportive. And, and I think we, we can start to use that uh, momentum that we've built uh, to help, you know, A, break down the fear, which is huge. We can talk about that in a second. Uh, but B, you know, I, I think if if you're in business today and, and you aspire to be a CEO one day or if you aspire to be a, a VP of sales or, or whatever the roles that, that, that you know are out there, um, I, I think cybersecurity, we have to all acknowledge today that that cybersecurity is going to be a critical part of your your future. 
whatever your career path is. So I think to get those jobs, even if you're not in cybersecurity, if, if you can demonstrate that, that you have worked in security projects, you have supported those things, I think that's going to set people apart. And I think the, knowing that that's, that's a personal part of, of, of every person's career trajectory, oh, security should start to get easy, right? It, people should want to work with us and, and, and help empower our projects because it's going to help not just their company, uh, but it's going to accelerate everyone's career. And just circling back to the, to the fear part of that, right? Politicians, you know, I mean, I, we, we can all acknowledge that, that they, <laughs> that, that they tend to kind of stir up fear because it, 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 and, you know, it reinforces their base, right? Yeah. But in security, right? The number one job, um, that leaders have to do, uh, b- before everything else is, is to help their, their organizations, their communities be secure, right? That's why we come together as social animals is, is for mutual protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so our roles, whatever our communities are, um, are, are, you know, should, should always be, uh, to help make those communities more secure. Uh, and, and I think, you know, helping build that bridge from, uh, you know, from the physical world into the cyber world is, is really where our CISO roles can help break down that fear because, Fear prevents you from doing the things that you need to do to, to be secure, right? It, you know, re- just retre- retreating, hiding um, isn't good enough. Uh, so we, we, help, we have to kind of inspire people that, to, to think that we can do more and we have to, to believe in them. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think all of us, you know, in our, in our personal journeys can think back to that one person, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a, a family member that, that believed in them and, and took a chance on them. Uh, and, oh, my gosh, if we can be that. Uh, person in security that, that can believe in other people, we're, we're going to have so much success uh, in, in, in our programs. Yeah. You, you know, you reminded me of a conversation I had with this guy. Uh, he's currently in the Navy and he's based in, it, in Italy. And he is not um, the highest rank or the highest level within cybersecurity, but he's in cybersecurity within the Navy. And he was telling me that there's a lot of people that he has to work with in different countries. And the ones that have um, very good scores are the ones that have come to him and asked him questions and uh, talk to him, basically. And I said, so why do those others not come to talk to you? And he said, I think some of it's fear or maybe cultural differences. And he said, but what I've started doing is just saying, hey, you know, I eat a lot of pizza because I'm based here in Italy right now. And just kind of opening that door for beyond me in security i'm i'm a person uh and then he it, that did help so do you think or what is what's your perspective there when i mean you're very personable in, in general outside of just the topic of security and and the job and work talk for example but if we if there were more conversations that um CISOs had or leaders had that opened them up personally would that help people come more and be more comfortable with coming to them to, for questions and drive people to them too as much as they're trying to drive themselves to and the security awareness to them you, you know I, I think our jobs as CISOs as, as leaders really ought to be to to encourage those conversations so first of all like let's all go to Italy yeah right um, and you know let's let's have some you know some conversations over wine yeah uh, but you know short of that sh- sure I, you know I, I think uh, you know, being open, having, you know, uh, coffee hours, you know, in the mornings to, to have, you know, Q and A, you know, uh, stump the CISO or whatever you want to, want to, want to, want to call it. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think w- when I felt like I started to be successful 
you know, at SMU in my security program is when people started calling me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, just I, I I love the random, like crazy off the wall questions that I mean, it, you know, it, it kind of is the, the bright spot of my day. But, you know, I, I think in part, you know, generating those conversations, you know, people are smart. I, you know, I, people like to say that security awareness, you know, training doesn't work. But I, I actually think the opposite. I, I You know, I, I get really great questions from folks that have taken the training. and They're like, wait, OK, so. You know, I can't write my password down, uh, and and you're telling me to use a password vault. But like, wait, aren't the cyber criminals attacking password vaults? Like, yes, let's have that conversation. And you know, I, I think the nuance of well, the risk of you know putting your password in an online password vault versus writing it down or uh, you know storing it on your you know in, on on your mobile phone or your laptop in a uh, in a, in a file or encrypting the, you know, yes, let, let's, let's go through that and help find the, the right solution for you. But then talk about, you know, how you share that with your family or how, how you, you know, how, how you have all your employees do that. And is it scalable? And yeah, let's, you know, those conversations I think bear so much fruit, but you can't start those conversations until you have a real relationship with someone. And, you know, there, there, there's this great thing in, uh, in, in networking called the, the four eyes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, initiate, invest. I, I forget all four eyes. Sorry. I'm, I'm sure you can look it up on, on, on the Google. Yeah. Well, you um, said four eyes. I'm like, are you making fun of my glasses? No, <laughs> I'm making fun of my own glasses. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've had glasses since the fourth grade. So I, I've, I've, I've got a complex about this, but, um, no, no, I, you know, I, I think we have to be expert re- re- relationship folks. Um, you know, I, I, I've had the, 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 you know, good fortune of being able to go to, uh, you know, leadership development programs throughout the years or work with executive coaches. And, you know, I, I think we have to, I mean, my model with WellAware is, is to adopt that same kind of coaching philosophy or, or, uh, to, to organizations or to ind- individuals, right? We, we have to help build them up. Um, and, and we don't build them up in security by, you know, g- giving them, you know, v- volumes of, of data to process or reams of books to read. Uh, we, we build them up by, you know, creating that connection. Um, and, and, you know, showing them that, that, that there are ways of, of, of acting differently. And, 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 you know, I, I think one of the habits that I talk about in the book is mirroring. And, you know, really, you know, you, you know th- there's, there's a lot to that. Uh, but, you know, in, in, in relationships, right, you know, uh, w- whether it's, you know, your marriage or, or, or personal, right, you know, f- Aristotle said friends hold a mirror up to one another, mm-hmm. right? And, and to, you know, I mean, in part, you hold that mirror up not to, to, to you know, say, look how, you know, gorgeous you are. <laughs> um, you hold that mirror up to say, like, yeah, you're doing something really stupid right now. <laughs> right. And call and, outs and accountability. And, and you can only do that, right? You can only say you're, you're you know, you're being an idiot, George, <laughs> if, you know, I'm, you're, you're friends with me, right? If, 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 if you're, you know, if, if, if I don't know you and mm-hmm. you're saying I'm being an idiot, like, okay, cool. Um, you know, see you later. Right. Uh, right. So, so starting that process off, you know, building that connection, you know, you, you, in order to help people get better, they have to feel comfortable with you. Um, and, you know, if, if you're the security guy that pounds their, your fist on the table and says no all the time, you're, you're not that guy. Um, you can't help them improve. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I think we all have to be a, a lot more inclusive and a lot more approachable to, to have success with, with the human element. So one thing that you struck me is like the fact that when people come back to you with questions, right? To me, it sounds like if you have questions, that means you're thinking about it. And when you're thinking about yes. things, it tends to put things in the higher priority range in your brain. I don't know. I don't do any of that 
that cycle babble in my head because it's been a long time <laughs> since I've been in college. And let's be honest, probably half the time I was in class, but let's not talk about that either. But I mean, if you could make it in a way where security is sexy or to think about or to talk about and is not so threatening, if you were to like uh, look at different training methodology, like maybe doing a gamification of it, maybe having your end users take play a game of security concepts, would that be something that you would want to invest in? Or are you still on the mindset of, you know, let's stick to more traditional, like, you know, videos and scenarios or what? Like, what is your thought on that? Because if you want to keep it it's front changing. and fun, yeah, I mean, are, what are your thoughts and what are you seeing trending? So, so you guys know what the Pepsi challenge is? Brief, vaguely. It's, it's long, long time, you know, marketing, I know, I know oh, Leah, that's Pepsi your... Oh, Pepsi Coke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the, you know, the Pepsi challenge, this, this is not like a, a meme thing. This is like... Right. Uh, pre-memes. So, yeah, it's pre-memes. <laughs> pre-memes. Uh, but, you know, back, back in, I don't know, I guess the 80s, Pepsi like mm-hmm. tried to compete with Coke. Um, and, you know, the, the, they, ha- they had free, you know, sample stations in, in grocery stores or wherever. Um, I, I remember in, in school, you could have a school fundraiser that Pepsi would, would fund uh, to you know, it, so they they pay you to to give free Pepsi away at, at you know at the cafeteria, um, you know, for your your student clubs or whatever. But it it, it didn't work, right? All all of these you know, all of the Pepsi marketing, right? Uh, Coke's still the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 why is that? It's because a a thirty second commercial doesn't work, right? It doesn't change your behavior. So I'm I'm not huge on videos. Um, and, and, you know, people are out there, you know, making great videos with, with recognizable, uh, you know, celebrities or comedians and making them funny and, and people complain less about <laughs> your security <laughs> training, uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody likes complaints. And, and, you know, you, again, I, I think it's important that we're making it approachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, d- I don't want to take anything away from that. However, um, you know, the, 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 the times where I've been successful, um, have, you know, kind of engaged people, uh, you know, in, 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 a, in a different way. And, and I think gamification works for some people, right? If, if you like playing games, um, not everybody likes playing games. So it's, you know, I, I think you have to uh, meet people where they are. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I mean, with, with me, the, the game I played, um, it was kind of a, a biggest loser style competition. I called it the biggest fisher. Mm. Um, and so, oh, fun. you know, H-I-S-H. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Gamification yeah. I mean, in yeah. a, more traditional game. So, like so, so you know, we we usually send simulated phishing messages to to our to our users, and you know, in in, in the pandemic, uh, you know, I, if I, I didn't want to do another beatdown right at the beginning of the pandemic, so and, instead, I, we shifted gears and and we played a game, and you know, it, it it was cool. Not everybody signed up to to play the game. You you could win a free vacation day um, if you won. Um, but actually, uh, you know, w- one of the, 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 the folks, um, you know, she, she called me, uh, you know, almost in tears halfway through the game. And I'm like, Oh no, you're not going to drop out. Are you? I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to stress you out. But no, she was like, George, this, this is the most, f- this is the first time in six months that I've had fun at my job. Um, Aww. because it, you know, the <laughs> pandemic has been awful to, mm-hmm. to, for everyone. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, those, those folks that signed up to play the game, uh, are now like they, they email me regularly saying, "Hey, I saw this fish. Just, just hey, you know, I wanted to give you a heads up. You know, made it through our filters. Or, hey, we're working on this project. Um, you know, I had this security question. You know, can, can we like chat for over coffee or something? Um, and and that game was huge. And you know, I I, I would say 
you know, you, you have to meet folks where they are, right? So some folks like games, uh, some folks like, you know, coffee, some folks, uh, you know, you can connect with them, you know, virtually, and, and that's the only way you can get them. How, you know, some folks are on social media all the time. So maybe you had a, ought to have a security page for your, 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 your company's security program. And, and that's maybe a way of engaging. Um, but wherever they're at, um, f- f- you, you've got to go meet them and, and build that connection with them. That's part of the, the, the four eyes, right? You've got to go to them. You've got to invest. Um, you've got to initiate. Um, and you know, they're, if you, you, you can't be, you know, expect them to come to you and, and do all the work. You've got mm-hmm. to meet them. You know, I actually say more than halfway. Um, so great. Go build those relationships and, and find what works, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and have a variety of approaches, um, that they're going to build a, a, a kind of a coalition. Um, but uh, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is you don't have to, to, to get a hundred percent of the people on board right away, right? Mm-hmm. The, the research says that actually if, if you get 25%, uh, of, of a group, um, that's, that's enough to create a tipping point to create long-term, long-lasting social change. Um, so just 25% of a fo- of a group of folks doing a particular behavior changing, changes a culture. Uh, and, and, you know, so, you know, maybe I didn't get a hundred percent of the, the folks to play the, the, the biggest fisher. Um, but may, I, I think I ended up getting maybe 10%, but cool. That's, that's a, a great solid 10%. Now I got to get, you know, the other 15, uh, to get on board and, and, you know, let me, let me find ways to, uh, to, to collect that, that community and, and, and connect, build them together. Uh, I, I think that's, that's, that's the win. So there's, there's no one right answer, I guess is the. Can I ask one question without, Please. <laughs> without, without making anyone look bad? Uh, did you give this to the executives, uh, first, like all management first to play with? And if so, if they did well, did they enjoy the experience? So, uh, the, the, uh, the, it, it was a fascinating group of folks that, that joined the, 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 the game. Um, it, you know, my, my president didn't uh, join the group, but, uh, you know, I'm, I, that, that's fine. Uh, but I mean, everyone from deans down to, uh, to, uh, you know, admin assistants played the game and, and, you know, everybody had fun. Um, awesome. uh, you know, but uh, so yeah, I, I think, you know, again, executives are going to be busy. You've got to find other ways to engage with them. Exactly. Um, you know, but yeah, some, some really, you know, love playing the game and, and they were right there in it. Mm-hmm. So when, when you said that, when you said uh, the winner gets a day off of work, did you talk to all the department heads like saying, hey, heads up, if they do this, can you give them a day off? Or how did you work that out? Because I can imagine like if someone's in HR and then like, hey, you know, Mary, I'm taking the day okay. off because I won. Peace <laughs> out. Deuces. Like, did you ever have that problem? Like, but George said I could because I won the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. George said I could. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, so this is a, a funny story. This is actually the reason that I I, I wrote the I called the book Well Aware. Um, so, you know, we, we've got awareness, right? Um, but I think we've already got a program in most companies that, that we use to trick our people into changing their, their behaviors. Um, they're called wellness programs, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we trick people into eating healthy mm-hmm. uh, or exercising more. And, and we incentivize those behaviors uh, with things like free vacation days. Um, so, yeah, I, I called our, our uh, the head of our HR department and I said, hey, can you give me four vacation days? And she was like, cool. Uh, so they handle all the logistics on the back end of actually assigning the, the winners, uh, the, the vacation days. And, 
you know, the, the, the supervisors, you know, generally know, you know, you can look up how many vacation times, you know, days your, your employees have. But, um, you know, the, the wellness programs themselves uh, in a lot of organizations, that they have those as prizes built in. So, you know, I, I, it, should, it shouldn't be a challenge to, to get your HR team on board. And, and I think, you know, integrating, you know, your, your security awareness program into your overall wellness program is actually a really great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, again, there, there's already a process. And if you can get, uh, you know, incentives uh, for people to, to engage in your security awareness program in a much more uh, significant way because they're getting, uh, you know, points in their wellness program, that, that's, that's totally a win-win. You, it's like you've just, my mind is going in different directions in a good way, but of everything you just said, and, and you made some interesting correlations and and it's almost as if you just understand the psyche of the human <laughs> to, to figure out what can what works. And I think what was so important that you said is it's not that we'll get 100% right away, but to get a percentage of folks to help shift and understand. But that being said, and you, you are very active in the community um, outside of your job, and, and I think that plays a big part in, in roles of a CISO. I've, and I think there's others of us could also say this, but there, we've seen organizations who they have the CISO, but they're not anywhere to be found outside of the, their job. They're not, you, they're not speaking. They're not out there helping, contributing, bringing more awareness outside. Should some of that be mandated if it's not, if not the CISO does it, but somebody within the security team does just to, again, have more of that approach that will help slowly over time increase those percentages of going up as we're trying to better protect everyone and get everyone to be more understanding of security? Well, yeah, I think that's a fascinating idea. I I don't know logistically how you would make that work, but, you know, I, I mean, I think of, you know, folks in, in the community that are active, right, in, in, in the IC squared chapters or in uh, the, the local ISA chapters. Uh, you know, it's just a smart thing to do because, you know, we, we all know recruiting in cybersecurity is so hard these mm-hmm. days. And those are great ways of connecting with folks looking for work, right? So, you know, if, if you know that, you know, I have a peer here in Dallas who has had an open uh, job wreck for, I think, almost a year now. That's a long time. Though. Right. And and so there, there, there are probably, you know, issues with, you know, getting the right salary or, or getting HR to help them with, with different things. Um, but it's a long time, right? And, and it's, it's, it's a, it has a real consequence to your security program. So, you know, if, if instead you, you were active in the community and you had all those relationships where you could tap a, a huge group to, to get candidates in, right? That's a win. Um, so I, I've, I've never seen a, a CISO job description that says you have to be active in your local ISA chapter, right? But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think that's an interesting concept. And I think, you know, being engaged in your community, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's such a challenge because as CISOs, we're really, really busy. Um, and I, I think, in, in, you know, some bosses may feel like, well, you know, are you really doing that just to get your next job down the mm. road? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, you know, is that taken away from, from your job, you know, day to day? Like you can't, you know, be on, uh, you know, this incident response call because you, uh, you know, you've got to go, you know, to, to, to your next speaking gig. Um, you know, there, there, there are natural conflicts to that. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. You, you've got to have, you know, I mean, 
uh, if if you're if you don't have someone on your team that's active in FBI's InfraGuard program, right? Mm-hmm. You really have to have a presence there. Um, you know, if if you know, I, again, it, it's a IC squared. You know, whether it's uh, you know, going to the, the OWASP, you know, you use your group meetings and, mm-hmm. and understanding that or, or, you know, having, you know, your, your Linux guys, you know, going to, you know, open source meetings, right? There's so many ways to get engaged. Um, you know, and I, I, I really think that ought to be okay to be engaged in the community. And we, we've got to find ways to encourage that more that, that aren't threatening to the organization. And I know you have a question, but I, I just wonder too, if it would help better, um, if it would help more internally too, so that maybe over time we create less burnout. But so much more on that one. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, burnout, I think naturally occurs, right? Yeah. In general, but that goes back to wellness. Mm-hmm. I mean, so everything that I'm hearing from you, George, is absolutely innovative. It is so outside the box thinking. You are, you're kind of like a unicorn. Um, <laughs> and I say in the most nicest context, but what I'm hearing from you though is, if you have solid communication with the management, if you will, um, to get that visibility, to get the backing, to get the support from all cross uh, departments, it helps you achieve your objectives a lot easier. So number one is increase your communication and put yourself out there. Second thing, though, on that whole communication and talk about visibility, if you get on board with the leadership and they understand what you're trying to accomplish, the fact that you would be more vocal, that you are participating, that you are speaking, you are part of the community. It would be a natural, like, uh, I would almost say welcome because you're now representing the organization from a security front and for those that are either future clients or prospects or uh, anyone that might potentially want to work at the same organization. You're becoming an ambassador knowing that I'm going to be secure my data secure. I'm actually going to have some fun because, oh my gosh, there's a game and I get a day off. So I only see nothing but positives in this. I feel like we need to replicate you, George. It is true. Be- right? Like, because I feel like this is a no-brainer. You know, there, I- you, you break down barriers and you break down gates. And we can't keep doing, we've talked about this, the same thing over and over. If it's not working and if we're still seeing the issues that we're having. So it does take someone like you and others that can help push us beyond that. You know, I, 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 I don't want to, you know, have a, uh, you know, pie in the sky conversation. I mean, I, I, I know there, there, are, there are CISOs out there that, that are working really hard to break down those barriers. Yeah. So, you know, just, just cloning, you know, George Finney, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure that, that I would have success in every organization because there are so many barriers to, to, to be broken down. And I think, you know, p- part of it is, understanding the organization well enough to know what will work and what won't. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, again, for the book interviewing, I mean, hundreds of security leaders out there, um, you know, some of them, you know, couldn't go on the record, right? They, mm-hmm. they're, and it was their PR departments that were saying no. Mm. Um, you know, they, they were covered by NDAs mm-hmm. um, that, that meant they couldn't have these conversations, um, you know, or, you know, they, they, they couldn't participate because, um, you know, there, there are rules against that, uh, uh you know, policies against that. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's going to take a, a lot of work, uh, over a long period of time to, to change those, uh, th- th- those, those mindsets. And again, I, I think it, it, do- it doesn't come just back down to communication. Um, it comes down to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, my, my particular, you know, version of communication, um, I, I don't like to have a lot of spin. 
Um, so, you know, I, I, thank I, goodness, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's true. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to do, uh, you know, totally unvarnished, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think folks will recognize when, when, when you're trying to, 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 to blow smoke or, mm-hmm. or, or spin a yarn or tell a story. Um, and, and instead, you know, I, I want to make sure, you know, people, uh, are, are getting the right messages and, 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 you know, understand what they need to do to, to, or what they need to know to make decisions. And I think over time, right, you, you have to focus on your reputation to uh, to build that both inside the organization as well as outside, because, you know, outside also, you know, comes back. I mean, it, it is helpful to, you know, to to come to the table and say, well, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily know everything about security, but, I, you know, I, I've been out there a little bit. I kind of wrote a couple of books. Um, you know, I, I've been a professor. I, all of those things really help add credibility. And 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 the more that you can do uh, to 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 create that trust How, however you do it i mean you know trust you know is, is engendered in a lot of different ways um you know i i, I think we've got to really focus on 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 that and you know you know security vendors are, are this way as well right mm-hmm. you have to get security right from from day one if, if you look like um you know you're 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 kind of a sleazy fly-by-night organization mm-hmm. security you know, practitioners aren't going to take you seriously. So I, I think the same is true in, in security, right? We we have to be, you know, the the first upstanding citizens that uh, that, that people know and trust. And you know, I mean, we we struggle with with that as, as Big Brother, right? People mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, all, always like, uh, you're looking over my shoulder, and you know, you're sending me these creepy simulated phishing messages, and it's it's a gotcha all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I think we have to to, to make sure that. That we, we we also are protecting our communities and and making sure that that people feel like it's you know whatever we're doing isn't going to come back to to be used against them. Yeah, you're right. I mean, taking the tough topics and conversations and uh, yeah, we definitely need to look at where we can have you back and talk about something else that's pressing, but have the real talk, the very open conversation, and get more and more the multiplier effect, right? folks like you that are like-minded and out there they're ready to act on it too absolutely need it. no i yeah. mean this is such a lovely conversation and i think again as i said with well aware this book is to me i think eye-opening for so many that may or may not be familiar with the security industry and i do appreciate your feedback on it because it's not always unicorns and rainbows and roses and so i just want to make sure everyone understands i am blowing smoke up george's you know what but i'm also not at the same time because we do have a lot of work a lot of work to do and you know and you're right not your method may not be perfect for every organization and we fully are cognizant of that so parting thoughts here george so for those that are listening to our show and this is again our audience is really those that are in the industry or looking to become leaders within this industry what advice would you like to offer and give um as we end or call to action to them yeah so you know i i i you know one of the first questions i get about the book is dude nine habits like that's cool that's a lot of habits like where do i start um so (laughs) i I, i've got a handy uh tool to help uh answer that question so um I, i built a cybersecurity personality test uh, so you can take it for free on my website. It's wellawaresecurity.com. Uh, just click on the cyber personality test at, at the top. Um, and it will help you find your, your strongest two uh, uh, habits when it comes to security. Um, so there are internal cybersecurity habits and external habits. 
Um, and, I, and I think, you know, we have to recognize that everybody brings different strengths to the table. Um, so, you know, we, we tend to, to kind of, you know, like people that are exactly like us. Um, and, you know, I, I think instead we need to build a, a, a diverse team that, that mm-hmm. you know, not everybody will have the same strengths uh, because we need, uh, you, know, a, you know, different skills to, to solve our challenges. Um, so I, I would say, you know, as, as folks are out there, um, you know, f- find out more about yourself when it comes to cybersecurity. These aren't it's not a technical quiz. Um, it, it's really more about what your values are, what you would do in different situations. Um, so, you know, I think that that, that you know, for me really is just about uh, to, to jumpstart your own process of of learning about yourself um, and continuing that that that, you know, lifelong you know learning uh, process that, that we all have to go through, particularly in security, because everything's changing all the time. Oh, and um, fast. And, and, and so, you know, I, I think having that understanding where your team's at, right, encourage your whole team to take it. Um, you know, I've got a little like a radar chart that'll help plot where everybody is. Um, and I think seeing that visually will help you understand, you know, how you need to grow your team, you know, what, what's, what strengths you need to focus on, uh, that maybe you don't have. Um, and how does that align with, with what your objectives are as an organization or as a team? Um, I, I think those, you know, again, you know, you, you, you don't have to be perfect in every, uh, one of the nine habits, and I, I've, I'm certainly not, um, uh, but I am good at a, a, a couple, and 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 I think using those to to build on, uh, to build momentum, um, you know, to 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 kind of help crack that habit loop to to make those things a, a part of what you do every day. Um, that that's where we ought to be going. Well said, George. One, thank you just for everything you do in the community and in the industry to just you being you and what you're out there doing and talking about and keeping it real and recognizing the problems, but then also just giving us the no clutter conversation. So thank you for that. It has been an absolute pleasure having you here with us today. And we hope we're sure we will have you back because we have so much more to talk about and dissect as we keep educating. This was awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you, George. Thank you, George. And I believe this will be a great wrap up of our recent entry of the CISO Diaries. See ya.